Hello, everyone. Uh, hope you're having a nice day. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to bring you the final episode of season two. Uh, I know what you're thinking. How has the time flown? And even for me, uh, you know, at this point of recording, we can't believe that, that 2021 uh, is almost a month away from ending. Uh, so, yeah, you know, by the time you listen to this in the new year, I hope you're having a good new year. Hope you had a good uh, Christmas break. You're able to relax. Uh, for any uni students that's got any exams coming up, I uh, hope, hope you wish you all the best with that and hope those go well. Um, but yeah, we're officially on the last episode of season two. Um, but as always, you know, we, we, we like to bring, bring amazing guests on, bring amazing <laughs> talent on. Uh, and we did not falter in today's episode. So uh, what we're going to first off, uh, start by doing, as always, is introducing our wonderful guest speaker. So I'd like to invite Eben. Uh, please, could you just tell us a bit about yourself uh, and a bit about, I guess, you know, your, your, your background? Hi, everyone. First of all, I just want to say thank you. I'm honoured to be the last guest of season two. I didn't know that, actually, but it's um, really, really my pleasure to be on with you. Um, so, yes, I'm Eben and my background is in pharmacy. So right now I'm a clinical mental health pharmacist. Um, I've been qualified for about five to six years. Can't remember. I think after a certain number of years, you kind of forget you just you're just a pharmacist. Um, but I've had a background in community pharmacy, online pharmacy, healthcare consultancy, um, and now recently I've just finished my independent prescribing course. So I'm on track to being an independent prescriber. Um, I went to the University of Reading. I studied pharmacy there. It was an amazing four years. Um, sometimes I always say I wish I could go back to university, but I can't, you know, adult life calls. But yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey. Um, I guess we'll talk a bit more about it throughout the episode. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Perfect. Thank you. And it's great to see, you know, you've done amazing work uh, in, in the last five years. You know, it's, it's great to see that you, you've been enjoying this journey. And, you know, I'm sure our listeners will hear as we go through the episode. But, uh, you know, I clearly know that you're, you're very passionate about the work that you do. Um, and we're, we're, we're excited to have you on. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we're going to go to our first official question. Thanks for that introduction, Eben. It's really interesting sure. to, you know, to know what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a bit about why you decided to go into become a member of um, the House of Medics? Um, well, first of all, the House of Medics is a amazing platform. And one thing I loved about it is that it showcases different people from different sectors of the healthcare industry, because the healthcare industry can be very individualistic. So if you're a pharmacist, you're in your corner. If you're a nurse, you're in your corner. If you're a doctor, you're in your corner. So I found that there was nothing really that brought us all together. Um, So I had a platform at the time, Health in the City, which I still have, um, but I was able to kind of bring that along under House of Medics and with them and just work together. So if you, you see the platform... They, they always, you know, talk about the different sectors. So I think for me, that was the, the main thing. It was the unity um, and the fact that it was a place that you could kind of just be yourself with a group of people. Yeah, that's really good. Just, you know, otherwise everyone's just isolated by themselves exactly. in their own areas. Yeah, no, that's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that answer. Yeah, and I, I think uh, it's also important to highlight that sometimes, uh, you know, uh, whether it's the healthcare industry or uh, any other industry, uh, that there is that that tendency to, you know, forget that 
there are others in there, you know, uh, whether yeah. it's, uh, you know, like environmental science, uh, you know, people just assume that you know, environmental science just means that you have to be a scientist or you have to work in a lab or things like mm -hmm. that. But no, it can be, you know, city planning, construction, and there's loads of that. Uh, so it's amazing to see, uh, like Nanushka was saying, uh, an organization that, you know, allows that and, you know, allows that collaboration between um, different, uh, different sectors uh, within an industry. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. You're welcome. I think as well, just to add, um, you said something, collaboration. It's so important because I think growing up, you're kind of taught to, you know, grow up, finish university, get a job. And it's a lot about yourself. Um, but what you don't realize is that there's so much you can learn from the people around you. So I'm somebody, that's something I, that's a foundation I stand on actually is what can I learn from other people? Because I don't know everything. And the moment I start thinking, I know everything, you know, you, you're never going to get anywhere. So organizations, organizations like this definitely do help to have that collaboration. And that is so important. Uh, there's a there's a favorite there's this really interesting quote that's on Instagram that I think perfectly sums up uh, what what we're discussing today. And he was saying that uh, the saying "practice makes perfect" is something that we're we're told a lot. But uh, you know, I think uh, it's better better to sum up summarize it. Sorry, as uh, practice makes better. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were saying that when it comes to practicing things, you know, we always have that ability to continually learn to continually develop ourselves um, to continually come up with creative solutions um, and he was saying that by saying practice makes perfect we're saying no you know this is this is the stopping point and he was just like no you can always learn more you can always do more um, so yeah so I think I think yeah that, that perfectly sums up and it's great to see that uh, organizations like House of Medic encourage that so uh, yeah thank you very much Evan. you're welcome <laughs> It's been really good to uh, learn more about you, Evan, and the uh, House of Medics. Uh, mm -hmm. But looking to the to the healthcare industry as a whole, uh, we, our next question is basically: How can the healthcare industry better support uh, healthcare professionals? Um, you know, clearly uh, the last year has highlighted, you know, some of the some of the effects and some of the impacts that the healthcare industry goes through. Um, mm -hmm. So we just want to start off by asking: How can how can the healthcare industry better support the professionals within that industry? Um, I think there's a few things, actually. Um, the first one, I think, is understanding. Um, because everyone's different and everyone comes from a different background and has different situations. So having um, a profession that, you know, your superiors or, or your managers understand um, where you're coming from and what you're going through is so important because I think a lot of people struggled with their mental health. During the um, the covid pandemic or when it was at its highest during lockdown and whatnot so a lot of people struggled with that and sometimes you know you don't have an open environment to speak so i think having that understanding is is totally important because if you're struggling with something but you don't have an environment or you don't feel safe to speak about what you're struggling with because you feel that you know you might be condemned or you might be looked down upon it's going to hurt you even more and it's going to make you not speak up. So I think understanding, having an open and honest environment. I think one of the things that I struggled with personally was when you're a healthcare professional, you're so used to helping people, you kind of forget that you need to help yourself. So 
during the pandemic, I was going and going and working long hours because people needed medication and the queues were so long. At the time, I was working in community pharmacy. So I kind of forgot about myself. So I think I had to take a step back. And that has to be okay. It, you know, I feel that healthcare professionals are very goal-driven we want to reach a certain height. We want to do our best at all times to excel because and because we have patients that are looking looking at us for, for that help. So, like I said, um, understanding open and honest environment and somewhere that you can be free to be yourself and you don't always have to be the strongest person in the room, you know, um, and that's why I created a platform called Health in the City. Um, it's basically a platform for healthcare professionals, not, not even just healthcare professionals, anyone actually, um, just for healthy lifestyle advice, because it's, you know, a lot of time we don't take care of ourselves. We don't sleep enough, you know, we're the Netflix generation, we're the coffee and go, you know, so definitely those, those things I would say. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Uh, and I think, like you said, highlighted, um, understanding is, uh, definitely very key. Uh, I know, um, Someone we're going to hopefully have on the podcast later on. Uh, she did this documentary looking at, uh, I guess, mental health uh, at, at Bristol University. Yeah. Um, and she was she was saying that, you know, uh, all the people she interviewed uh, were, were black students. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was this question of, you know, how did you find the mental health services on campus? You know, how did they or mental health services in general? How did they tailor to you? And she, uh, you know, many people were saying uh, who were part of that documentary were saying that, hey, look, um, you know, they kind of got it but they don't understand because, you know, they, they don't have the same experiences as me. Exactly. Um, they haven't been through the same things as me. So how can, mm-hmm. you know, I be saying that, you know, as a Nigerian, this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a an, an English, um, an English uh, like mental health professional looking after me because yeah. they won't get it. Um, you won't. know, they can try to, they can, you know, sympathize or empathize but it's not going to be the same thing mm-hmm. um and it's the, it's the same thing uh like you said with, with support there just needs to be that clear thing of um you know just uh, of, of understanding um but also like you said um taking care of, of yourself i think i think like you said uh we we all have that tendency of you know we we can see you know in others that oh yeah you need to rest or let me help you do this or let mm-hmm. me help you do that or you know you're not looking after your, yourself that often you need to take breaks and do this um but we have a tendency not to really see that in ourselves that easily mm-hmm. uh, and I think like you said um I know I, I was doing a, a placement uh, at the start of lockdown um and the only I guess grace that I had was because my manager uh even like before lockdown was just like you know you can't stay late you, you can't do this you're commuting there's no point in you like staying here till like eight or seven to do work to make things easier for someone else tomorrow because she said you know someone else is just going to dump this on you so it was only by that grace but I know that there were some people who who whether they were students on placements or you know people in full-time jobs that during lockdown were working like super late hours and, it, yeah. and it's like what you said that there's there's a tendency that we we can't see the not necessarily the the issue uh, but we can't see when it's like you know, harmful to ourselves to to mm. be doing these long hours or to not be resting properly. Um, but we can easily identify it in others. And it's just about, like you said, just you know, reflecting, thinking about, you know, I'm this is this these are my working hours, or this is how mm-hmm. much I'm supposed to work a week. I'm gonna start here, stop here, uh, and just just keep into those as much as possible. I know sometimes things can like come in the way and change that. Um, but yeah, just sticking to those as, as close as possible is definitely definitely always helps. 
Yeah. And I think as well, thinking about my time in university, I don't remember any mental health support. You know, at the time, well, I went 2011 to 2015, it, mental health wasn't a big thing. It wasn't in um, the media like it is now. And I remember actually really, really struggling a lot by myself during exam season. I had about seven exams, so much to read, and there was no help. So I don't know if it's changed now, but um, I do think awareness is important, making sure that you know, and, and like you mentioned, um, somebody that I work very closely with, Annabelle Gold, um, she's very, very, very into mind health. And she made me kind of see mental health different. So we, we like to call it mind health. So the same way you take care of your body, you take care of your mind. So having those breaks, they are so important. Resting, putting yourself first, because I always say this to young pharmacists, you want to please other people but if you're not taking care of yourself you cannot be the best version of yourself think about it if you wake up tired and you're just rushing on the train and you're you're angry and you're upset or you haven't slept enough how can you give off the best version of yourself you can't so 100% taking care of yourself is number one no that's that's so true and yeah, like you said, just just doing those those easy steps, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's like, you know, going out for for, for walks, uh, having I know a lot of people, uh, including myself, started during uh, during lockdown of having like grateful journals uh, or gratitude journals. Um, okay. I don't have it with me mm-hmm. uh, but I'll, I'll make sure it pops up as an image um yeah. <laughs> is that there's one um that i that, um i bought off amazon uh which was really i, I really like it and i recommend it for anyone that you know wants to look after their mind um because that one is is really good so the first like i guess 60 pages it, 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 I, I don't like even for me i found it a bit of a struggle to read but the first i recommend reading the first page before you start writing the journal mm-hmm. um because the person is talking about why we need to do like right? What we're grateful for. Um, so his, his journal always starts off with like three reasons, like three things you're happy for mm-hmm. at the start of the day. Um, and it's whether it's like your family, your friends, whatever, you put three things that you're, you're grateful for. Then you say like, what is your hope for today? So what's the one thing that at the end of the day, you want to be like, I've, I've, I, you know, I was hoping to, to complete my coursework. I was hoping to finish this bit of work and I've done it. Um, and he was saying, just put that there. And then in the evening, he would say, all right, right. Three things that happened that you're really like happy for. So whether it's, you know, you got on the train and you got to work on time or, mm-hmm. you know, you had a really nice cup of coffee or anything like that. He said, just write in those three things. And then he said, like, what's one thing tomorrow that you're going to be grateful for? Uh, and I, the reason I recommend it is because it's really good at like, getting you to think about like your, your whole week. Um, so each week there's like a, there's a weekly monthly and like three month, um, like challenge. So mm-hmm. the, the weekly ones are always interesting. Cause they ask you like weird questions, which you wouldn't necessarily think of. So like, there was one of like, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Or if you could meet anyone, like anyone alive or dead, doesn't necessarily have to be a celebrity, who would it be and why? Um, or like if, if you could have like one, one I know like the perfect meal could be prepared for you what would it be um and it's always these things because uh I think like you said it just allows the mind to just rest um because mm-hmm. we we've got that tendency of we you know we leave work we and want just to like, be on the go <laughs> exactly <laughs> All the time. yeah honestly and, it, and it's like you said like as a as a generation we're always and I think that's what people I guess sometimes forget that like yes being like a I don't know if you want to be an entrepreneur or start a business or anything like that, um, you know, you have to put in the work. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you also need to bear into, like, bear into account that 
these guys do rest uh, you yeah. know like they they do pause and I think like you said as a generation we're always trying to be like yeah I want to be the next big thing I want to be the next guy who starts a business and mm-hmm. if to do that I need to ensure that I've got all of this out by this date and this and this and this um but yeah like you said just having those moments of rest uh definitely, yeah 100 percent. and just to add it's really funny you mentioned um entrepreneurship because I, I write for a magazine called women of the city magazine and I recently my last article was about the 100 hour work week um so just about the importance of rest, the importance of eating properly. And the thing is, we like to compare ourselves to the CEOs of the Jeff Bezos of this world. But what they do, they sleep, you know, they take time to, to sleep and to rest. And they, they talk about it all the time. So, yeah, they're going to be there, there will be moments that you would have to put in work and a lot of hours, but then you reward yourself. OK, it's time to rest. So it's, um, it's about the balance at the end of the day. A hundred percent. And yeah, thank you very much for that. So I guess, uh, you know, who knows, uh, Evan, you, you might, yourself might be the, the Jeff Bezos of the world, you know, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> of the healthcare industry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much uh, for that, for that answer. Thank you, Evan and Jeffrey, actually, for that little discussion. <laughs> That's really interesting, actually. So for the next question, um, we want to know within the medical community, mm-hmm. do you feel like there's enough representation for the BAME, for BAME groups? When you say rep- representation, do you mean um, support and groups or people within the industry at certain levels? I mean, you can answer both. Both? Okay. <laughs> yeah, go for um, it. First of all, I'm going to be a bit controversial. I do not like... Um, the whole BAME thing because I think for a long time we've been seen as the minority and when you have that mindset you begin to behave as a minority not not because you you want to but because you're used to it you think you can't reach certain levels or you can't get to certain places so I think now that they are they are doing a, doing a lot more of to to include um, people from black and ethnic minority backgrounds. So um, I think it is getting better, but I tend to not not that I turn a blind eye to it, but I just always believe that as an individual, you should always do your best and push to your best ability. So it's no longer about where you're from or the way you look because you've pushed through certain boundaries. It's about what value do you have? What, what value can you offer? You know? So for me, I think that there is a lot being done, but I like to look at the individual um, rather than where they're from or culture, if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, what you were saying about uh, when people have that mindset that they're in the BAME community, it just limits their potential. It's exactly like you were saying. Mm. And I think as well, okay, we have to ask ourselves, what are we trying to achieve um, as a community? Because I, I went to one of the hospitals I work at and I, I was privy, I, I overheard, you know, a conversation and they were talking about rice and what food they're bringing in. And I'm like, okay, but <laughs> this is not, what does this have to do with, with me? Like, I get it. You know, we celebrate culture, but at the same time, I'm thinking when I, you know, work in certain areas, I see the difference. What can I say to a younger 
person that looks like me, a young female that looks like me, I'm not going to speak about where you're coming from or what you look like. I'm going to tell you, you are the best at what you do. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. So I think when we speak about that, I, I have to think about the younger generation. What message are we trying to um, portray to them? So that's kind of where I, I sit with, with that question. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just, it's really a kind of you pave your own path kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's a really good answer. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess, like you said, it's key to not see yourself as like, I guess, you know, like, Limit, like you said about limiting limiting yourself with like when it comes to like using words like BAME or things like that because I guess like like we've said before uh, in this episode and in previous episodes um, you know there's this idea of you know success I guess being rated in different ways so mm-hmm. you know you're you like for example people might say oh you're the first black person or the first BAME person to work within an organization or you're mm. the first and it's just like well no like regardless of whether this person is the first person to be the CEO or the COO yeah. or whatever exactly um, they worked hard exactly you know and, they put in hours so let's just give them that <laughs> exactly and it, it shouldn't be seen as like a you know you, they've they've done I guess that uh, you know, they've, they've done that as a black person. And I, mm-hmm. I don't remember, there was a celebrity. I don't remember who was talking about it, but I know they were talking about it with acting. And mm-hmm. they were saying that, no, I shouldn't be seen as like, you know, one of the few black actors. I mean, yes, there's an argument to say, like, for example, with the Oscars. Yes, as an example to say that the Oscars need to diversify. Yes, you can say that there are few black actors mm-hmm. to get Oscar nominations or to win Oscars. But they were saying that it shouldn't be a case of, oh, yeah, you know, this person is an Oscar nominated or Oscar winner actor as the first black Oscar winner actor. They said, no, you can just say I am an Oscar winner actor because I put in the work and I won the Oscar. Exactly. Um, And and whether their race, their gender um, doesn't need to, to limit, you know, it doesn't need to be put in front because they, regardless of whatever happens, they still won, they still won an Oscar. They won a competition or whatever. Um, so yeah, they was, I, I, I completely agree. Um, and yeah, I think that that's one of the things that moving forward, um, whether it comes to legislation within the healthcare industry or anything like that, that's another thing that will just need to be taken into account of, mm-hmm. of, um, you know, not putting, like you said, these limiters. I know even people were saying, I think it's, I think it's changed. Um, you know, the, the whole change of, uh, of BAME essentially. So if anyone doesn't know, you know, BAME usually stands for black, Asian and minority ethnic. Um, but they were saying like, change it around, um, and get rid of the, you know, the, the minority. Cause mm-hmm. yes, you're saying that in the population that they're not you know, the majority, but they were saying that, you know, terms like minority uh, make people feel like, you know, there's like a there's like a roof or there's a barrier that they can only yeah. go so far. Um, so you know, I know most people nowadays would use people of color rather than mm. that. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to be a key thing. Even like I know even with healthcare um, and with most like whether it's legislation or anything like policies, and um, that wording is very key. So I think that's another thing that will need to be taken into account the wording that we use in um you know in policies or, or anything like that or even support systems um will just need to reflect and take into account uh, the, the population but it links like we said with the previous answer that, that can only happen when there's that understanding um of individuals uh within that popular within the you know those higher uh, fields of, of the sector so yeah thank you very much i think you answered the question better than i did no no <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Honestly, it's amazing. Oh, thank you very much. I agree. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much.
so uh yeah it's been a great episode as always uh and before we before we officially ask the question i just want to say that's a very nice uh christmas tree in the background evan uh, we're glad to see that you're, <laughs> that you're christmas ready um, yeah we're getting there <laughs> lots and lots more to do but we're getting there <laughs> oh, that's perfect that's perfect but uh we we i know we we briefly you've briefly touched on you know your your journey in the healthcare industry uh mm-hmm. but we just want to know exactly like what motivated you to go into healthcare? Uh, was it always a dream that you had? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Uh, or was it something that, you know, as you grew older, you just thought healthcare is where I want to be? Have I always wanted to be in the health industry? No. So I actually wanted to be a graphic designer. So I did graphics for my GCSEs and I was so excited to pick it. But then my parents were like, no, you are not going to do graphics. Um, you're going to do something else because... My dad, he's a geologist. My mom, she's a solicitor. So for them, graphics was a no. But I said, fine, okay, I'll probably just do it on the side. Um, So I thought, what else? I really enjoyed chemistry and maths um, at GCSE. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it at A-levels. I I was going to go into medicine. So I did my work experience um, placements and everything like that. And I was going along that route, but I started to realize that it wasn't for me. Um, Not to say there's anything wrong with it, just personally, it wasn't for me. So I thought, what else could I do? And I had somebody come to my college at the time to speak about pharmacy and I knew nothing about it. But the more I heard about it, I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I could still kind of, you know, learn about drugs and patients, but it's not the whole um, responsibilities and and route of, of medicine. So I said, okay, I'm going to go along this route. And I started to really, really enjoy it. Um, And I saw the value in pharmacists. When you're in the community, I think you see a lot. Um, And in hospital as well, but you really get to help patients. You get to be kind of their first point of contact before they go into into a GP. Um, So, yeah, once I've started along that route of pharmacy, I've never looked back. Absolutely love it. Obviously, there's good days, not so good days, but I think that's with everything. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Uh, and I think, like you said, it's, it's amazing to see that in your journey that, you know, like you said, you didn't you didn't always, I guess, want to go into healthcare, but you found your, you found your, your niche and your, your passion uh, and you've stuck with it and you've enjoyed it ever since. Um, and it's great to see. Uh, and I guess, do you, I guess the question on, on our minds is, do you still do any graphic design on the side or? Does Canva count? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think Canva counts. Yeah, I could put a I could put a Canva together. Do you know what it is? I used to be so good at Photoshop, and I feel like if I take time, set aside some time to just refresh, I would be able to do it. Um, but I'm quite a quick learner, so I think I think it's still there somewhere. <laughs> if pharmacy hasn't taken over, <laughs> but yeah. No, that's really good. Uh, and it's good to see that, uh, you know, you've, you've still got, uh, you know, you know, I know he said uh, it might need a bit of a uh, bit of practice, but it's great to see that you've still got, um, you know, those those graphic design skills. Um, and, you know, it's, it's key to, to highlight that, you know, even though graphic design might not necessarily be what you're doing now, mm-hmm. um, it's still obviously in the work that you do, uh, it's elements and the, the, the key, I guess, parts of it are still, you know, in involved in in pharmacy you know the way you communicate with others how can mm-hmm. you you know portray portray a message that that um you know it's easy to understand for your for your your target audience um things like that all all pop up uh, in the health care industry uh so yeah so it's great to see that you know even though like i said that the core 
job isn't there um the elements that came with it uh, you know it still can be applied to to pharmacy so yeah thank you very much yeah and just to add as well i think um some of the the other work i do so the women of the city magazine so i write um the health and lifestyle section health in the city and also with house of medics it kind of does allow you to you know, brush up on your writing skills, marketing, communication um, as well. Because sometimes when you're in your job, you can be kind of engulfed in that. So it is really good to have an outlet somewhere you can express yourself. Um, so those things also help to, to be an, an all-rounder, I guess. Yeah, no, that that is completely true. Uh, you know, it's nice to, uh, I think it's nice to always show uh, whether it's, you know, I'm not even talking like in a professional sense, obviously, you know, professional wise, it's great to show that you do creative things outside mm-hmm. of your, your, your work. Um, but even on an individual sense, uh, and like we're talking about, you know, looking after your, your mind and, and keeping, I guess, having a good mental well-being, um, that's, that's another key thing. Um, having like those outlets of, of creativity. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know we spoke, uh, you know, literally, uh, the last episode of season one, um, we were talking about uh, there's this amazing uh, website that if you haven't checked out before, I do recommend uh, called Hit Record, mm-hmm. um, which is like an online community. It's set up by uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitz and his brother and a few others. Um, but it's basically the reason why it's really nice is it because uh, it allows you to like work with um, like anyone. Uh, so both professionals, both newbies uh, on these like projects. Some of these projects are like you know just just things that i guess people want to create so uh, i know i've contributed like poems to stuff i've contributed photos to stuff uh, i know my brother's contributed music to stuff um but some of them are actually like proper like work so uh, i know um my brother uh, through that has contributed to uh, video games uh, that have you know come out or are coming out um i know that some people on there contributed to uh there was a netflix film called uh, project power um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt I've got, I think it's called Mr. Conman uh, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt's new TV show people were, were like there were able to contribute to it and it's really good because it allows you to just interact with a community of people who you know might not necessarily be you know pro- like amazing or you know professionals in it but it still lets you like be creative uh, and I know like it's really nice to um, to like put your work out there and for someone to say wow you know like I've never I never like heard like a poem like this before. Wow, this photo is like really good. Um, I know also sometimes uh, people will ask me like, oh my gosh, is this like a specific, like in a photo, they might be like, oh, is this a specific type of plant? Or like, wow, like, did you always plan the shot to look like this? And I'm just like, did I? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's always great to, to get that feedback. And it's really good as well, because now they've added a, a new segment, which allows you to, uh, to, to do like paid classes. So you learn from like, proper professional so uh, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt himself has some classes on like acting and voice acting so how can you get into voice acting what can you do to like make yourself sound really good um because obviously uh with, with voice acting it's only your voice so you have to like portray emotions without necessarily being able to use your body um but yeah it's really good to to have that and I, I know that throughout lockdown, it's been really good to like contribute to this, these pieces of work. Um, it's been really good to get feedback. Uh, and last, the last like really cool feature is people can remix the stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. So I know uh, sometimes people remix someone's photos. So they might, I don't know, it might be a like sunset photo and then they'll just like edit it. Um, I know the main one that I've usually seen is like written pieces of work. Uh, people will like do the, the, the audio version. Um, so I know like for, for me, for example, I've seen people like, uh, like read my poems out loud and it's been really good to see how like 
each person tackles it differently. Um, so yes, I, I definitely recommend uh, if anyone's interested, uh, hit record. Uh, hit type records. Into, yeah, type it into okay. Google or Bing, um, and yeah, it's it's just there, and it's it's completely free. I should should have said that start completely free to set up, um, and there's no there's no like joining fee. And as soon as you set up your account, you can just you just put like whatever you specialize in uh, mm-hmm. as an individual. And yeah, they'll, they're, they're, the world's your oyster. You can contribute to any and as many projects as you want. Um, and yeah, that, I'd say that the great thing there is they're always, um, yeah, it's always a nice uh, place to to learn and see, I guess, also how, you know, people uh, do do their own creative outlets and seeing like some of the projects that they create. So yeah, definitely would recommend. Sounds really cool. I'll, I'll check it out. Perfect. See how it goes. <laughs> I've already got. I've already got one person. If, yep. if, if, <laughs> definitely if, advertise it well. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, now that we kind of know why you went into healthcare, Evan, mm-hmm. what advice could you give to someone else who's looking to go into healthcare? Um, I would say to have a support system um so it could be family it could be friends could be something like the house of medics um that you're able to have that outlet so when things are getting tough because whether it's university or the work environment there are going to be periods that you need to speak to somebody or you need you know just comfort or, or a hug or even just to vent you know so having that outlet is, is number one number two don't see never see a limit in what you can do I think something that I've noticed in healthcare professionals is that we kind of put ourselves in a box so if you're a doctor you're a doctor if you're a pharmacist you're a pharmacist that's what you do you're a nurse you're a nurse for about 50 years you know but I think because the world is changing technology we've got bitcoin now nfts all of these things you know we have to know these things we cannot just be in a, a formal environment for the rest of our lives. So definitely find something you love to do and do it and never stop progressing. Um, don't let anybody tell you that you're not good enough because that's not true. Um, and just be the best at all times. Um, you know, I think I can say it's just for healthcare professionals, but I think it's advice for anybody that's listening actually um, to see yourself more than your profession. I told this to a young pharmacist that reached out to me. She said she was struggling. She didn't feel that she couldn't do it. I said, you're not your profession. Don't confuse that. You are a person and this is what you do. So if you see your worth in your profession, when you fail, you know, it will affect you internally. So again, if you see yourself, okay, this is me. I've made a mistake. What can I learn from it? That's two ways of thinking. And it change, It will change your life. It will change your mindset. You know, you've made a mistake because it, healthcare professionals don't like to make mistakes. And we shouldn't at the end of the day, because if you make a mistake, it, it could be detrimental. But how can you learn from that mistake? what can you do to improve? I think generally those those are some of the things I would say um, to any healthcare professionals out there or aspiring healthcare professionals. 
again, I think it centers around you, your mindset, your thinking. Can you push boundaries? Can you push limits? Okay, your parents were doctors. That's great. But what can you do that's different? I see um, doctors out here that have started clinics, you know, they've gone private or they've set up something. I don't know anything, you know, and not to compare yourself with anybody because um, I don't agree with that. Everyone's different. Everyone has their own lane. Um, I think healthcare professionals like to do that, compare themselves or even young people in general. No, you're on your own journey and you will figure it out. You might not know it now, but every day, as long as you're willing to learn something new and try, um, you will reach your destination. Um, so don't compare yourself. Don't look down on yourself. And if you make mistakes, keep going, keep pushing and just push boundaries. I think that's the main thing. Push limits. Do things that you thought you could never do. Because I think the worst thing we can do in life is not try because of fear. Fear is very limiting. Um, just yet. Yeah, it's a mind, I think it's a mindset thing. Get the right mindset and you have the right life. Yeah, no, that's so true. There's always that tendency to think, but what if I fail? But, but then it's, you kind of think, but what if you don't? Exactly. You don't, and you I, don't always, I always have this thought, you get to say 80 years old and you look back at your life and say, you didn't try because of what, what people will say, being judged, fear of not, um, you know, excelling or all these little things. So you don't want to get to an age where it's too late. You know, mm-hmm. um, not to say an 80 year old can't create the newest, <laughs> newest um, invention, but, you know, just to say, don't get to the point where you've looked back and you have those regrets. Just just try. Yeah, no, that's so true. Really, really well said. Yeah. Yeah. And I Thank think you. uh two, two, uh, two. Uh, so uh, I guess for anyone who doesn't know, we, we uh, each Tuesday upload a, a Tuesday motivation. And I think two of them uh, perfectly fit in uh, to what, to what uh, Evan just said. Uh, so one of them uh, is actually like a direct quote uh, from someone. So uh, as you, as you, our listeners may know, uh, Trevor Noah is someone that uh, both myself and Samuel big fans of. Um, but he's, he uh, appeared on a, a podcast with Kevin Hart and he basically said the, the following. He was just like, you can only do what you do and wait and then wait for the moment when the opportunity presents itself for you to be successful. You don't have control over when that moment will happen. What you do have control over is how ready you'll be when that moment presents. Uh, and I think that, that that perfectly sums it there that, you know, like whether it's you're going into healthcare or you're going in, you, you know, you're doing your own thing. Um, you know, you have no control over when you'll, you'll pop off or when you'll, you'll be, you know, the, the big name. Um, but what you do have control over, like uh, what Trevor Noah was saying was how ready you'll be. So mm-hmm. when that moment comes, are you going to be ready to, you know, tackle, you know, tackle whether it's climate change or are you going to be ready to to promote your thing or are you going to be ready to handle all the responsibilities that comes with, you know, being at that level of fame. Um, and it's just about preparing yourself. And the second one uh, was the one that we uploaded today, um, which says, don't be afraid to pursue your goals and don't stop until you've achieved them. Because uh, I think like Eben said, you know, you don't want to look back and think, wow, you know, it would have been really good if I had started that, or it would have been really nice if I'd actually done this. Because like what, uh, you know, like what everyone was saying, you failing is like, it, it sucks. And sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the one thing, it's one thing that can happen. And it's better to try something and know that, you know, you failed at it, but, you know, you gave it your all, then, you know, you didn't try and you're not happy. And then years later, you're not happy. One of the things um, 
I know my dad said it to me um, about results in general. Uh, and I've said it to anyone, like any student, uh, whether a uni student or secondary school student or A-level student, or college student, whatever. I've said, when it comes to like exams or results day, you want to look back and be like, you know what, whatever grade I've got in this envelope, whether it's like an A star or an E, like I gave my all. Mm-hmm. And I know as someone who like in the, the, so I got, so I did physics, drama and history. And I know that, and physics, which is the the one that my course were looking for, for my undergrad was the one that I got an E in. And I've told people that like, when you look back, you want to be able to say like, I gave my all. And yeah. like, whatever, like there may have been stuff going on that meant that you couldn't like, you know, it was harder for you than others, but you want to be able to look back and be like, you know, what? I gave my all. I, I, I did all my revision. I came in prepared for that exam. Like I gave it my best. And you can look back and be like, you know, what? it might not have gone the way I wanted. And I probably, you know, would feel a lot better if it, if I got a different result. But you know what? I gave it my all and I'm happy with what I got. So, yeah, I think that's the perfect way to uh, to, to end the official question segment. Mm-hmm. And we will now be going on to our newly added but uh, equally loved um, question, uh, question for us segment. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Evan, for this wonderful episode. Mm-hmm. It's been great to learn learn more about you and, uh, yeah, learn more about, I guess, the healthcare industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we come to, as I said before, our, our loved section, uh, the question for us section, uh, and we'd, we'd like to hand over the mic to you uh, to ask us the questions that you've prepared for us. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, so the first question I have here, what's the most important attribute for a young person to have in the healthcare industry? Um, so I would say uh, it's it's like what we said it's, it's like what we said today, um, you know, having that mindset of, I mean, it's hard to give one, but I'd say like having a mindset of understanding is definitely key. Whether that's understanding your peers, um, you know, the, the 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 people that you work with, or any of uh, you know the if you're in a pharmacy, then obviously the the, the customers that come in. Um, but also, I would say uh, this idea of perseverance, and you know, knowing that. It will. There will be days when it's tough, but you always have to look back and just think. You know, I'm actually really happy of where I am, mm-hmm. um, and whether it's through you know doing journals of, for that help you with gratitude, whether that's you know going on on walks. Uh, I know during lockdown, one of the things that uh, you know obviously it's freezing right now, so I don't mm-hmm. do this anymore. Uh, but over the summer when it was warm, um, I used to go with my my siblings, and we just go for walks. And one of the things that um, I just always did was I would just the only thing I would take with is my phone. Like I wouldn't listen to music. I'd just walk. Whether it's walking through a park, like walking through the high street, I just walk. Like 15 minute walk. And it's just nice to sometimes, you know, just think about stuff. Like um I would whether it was just like, you know, whether it was my exams or just think about the day. It's nice to just have those those moments of reflection of, of just peace. Um so I would say those are my those are my two two things that I think a, a medical uh a healthcare uh a student um should should have uh but what about you Nanishka? yeah so i mean uh mine's quite similar so you said about understanding so i was going to say empathy is something that you need to have and i was going to talk about it from more of the caregiver to patient kind of perspective Mm -hmm. because i mean actually it works out for even colleagues and other healthcare professionals too because you don't know what someone else is going to is going through and if you have that empathy it can you know be stressful for the person themselves but in the end, you can see things from their perspective a hell of a lot better. 
So, I, I mean, for me, that's like, it's, it's not the most important thing because like Jeffrey said, there's so many of them attention to detail yeah. communication. <laughs> but I think that that's one that kind of just takes the biscuit for me. <laughs> I think as well, um, to speak about what you both said. So first of all, and um, what Jeffrey said, as young people, we can be very noisy. Our minds are very loud. We go from place to place and I'm always with our phones 24 seven. There's always somebody popping up notification, having those, whether it be three minutes a day, even if you can only do one minute a day, if you can do 10 minutes, great meditation, quiet your mind and just have that moment of meditation. I think it changes. It will change your whole day. Um, to have that quiet moment and um secondly like you said empathy very 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 I'm really happy you said that because you can't go into the healthcare profession for money <laughs> if you're gonna you know be a, a pharmacist doctor nurse but it's not a money thing yes we we need to earn a living because we have things to pay for but I remember being in the pharmacy and you're dealing with people that are shouting at you, abusing you. If you're in it for money, there's nothing stopping you from just cussing somebody or being rude, you know? But when you have that empathy and you know that, okay, this person that's shouting at me right now, they're probably having a bad day. They're probably not going through good times right now. So I'm not going to receive abuse from them I will kind of put up that wall and know that my job is to help um so very very key points that you both said there okay shall I go on to my next question yeah go ahead um I guess you kind of answered it how do you deal with difficult situations um so I'd say for me it's a yeah it's a it's a tough question but um I would say for me uh it's I'll give three three tips. One, uh, I say I think it's always about changing your outlook. Um because uh I've we, we, pre- we said it in the last episode, and I'm gonna say it again in this episode, that sometimes when we go through things uh, in life, especially difficult things, you know, we we can either never see the like we feel like we can never, you know, get over it or get past it. Um, or we feel like, you know, this is this is just too much for us. I think the key thing uh, that my my parents told me was that you know you 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 might not know why you're going through a difficult thing, um, but you know you'll be able to turn to someone once you've gone through it. You know you've gone through whatever happened and you've come out on the other side, and you'll be able to be that person that can show someone else and be like, hey, you know, you uh, may have you know, been struggling to find a graduate job when you graduated from university. Hey, I was in the exact same situation as you. And, but now look, you know, after a year of searching, I've now got my graduate job. Um, or it might be, Hey, you know, as a, uh, you know, as an activist, I've been trying to get this change in my, uh, you know, local community and now it's happened. Um, so you might not know why you're going through that hard thing, but I've always seen it that, you know, you go through difficult situations, so, um, that you'll be able to tell someone else, whether it's your kids or a random person or someone who just listens to your story, they'll be able to look and see, hey, that person went through it. I can get through it too. Uh, second thing I would say is uh, during the day, like changing what you do. So one of the things that personally, I think I've, I've seen it many times in my own life, um, but I've seen, you know, other people talk about it as well, is 
the whole thing of, of gratitude. I raised the book before and I'd recommend that as another thing. But also, and I guess it's sort of linked to the other one, um, other question was there was the idea of like, what can you do in like each day to to be to show like gratitude? So one of the things that like even before COVID, I started to do is every time I got on a bus, I'd always say thank you to the bus driver. And I know like it was it was one of those like, I guess like. I say funny because it, like everything just lined up. So it was like, there was one time when uh, like recently that I needed to go to university and I was a bit in a rush, you know, a bit stressed. I needed to get to university on time. Here's me thinking I'm going to be late. Uh, so I get dropped off at the station by my dad. I then get on the tube. My tube arrives early. Uh, and then there was this person who was looking for a seat. So I moved my bag and they sat down. Then when I got to, um, got to Oxbridge, I was, I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to be late. One of the bus isn't there. Bus driver comes, uh, you know, the bus driver lets me on. I say, thank you. Bus driver drops me off. I get to university, like within the time frame that I needed to be there. And I think for me, like that just shows that, you know, you can just be that one good thing. And I think um, there's a, there's a quote uh, by C.S. Lewis and that was in um, one of his, his books, the, I think it was the magician's nephew, but um, he basically says that when, when bad things happen, they sometimes can like accumulate and we just see, we're just thinking like, when is all of this going to end? Mm. But when that one good thing happens, whether it's, you know, the, your bus arrives on time or the tube driver, you know, doesn't shut the doors when you just literally got to the platform. Um, when that one good thing happens, it then just leads to like all this good just happening Um in, you just see all this like your whole mindset just changes and you see all this good just happening around you um and whether that's you know like you see you see people laughing or you know you meet someone on the tube and you just have like a brief conversation and you make a joke and you're both laughing about something I think that's that's the second thing of just changing your mindset to even if in your own life you know you don't really feel like you've got anything to be grateful for um just think about it you know even being alive is one of the key things to always be grateful for and I think COVID has shown that like you know, life is something that can someone's here one time and gone in the next. So having time with people is is always key. Um, and I'd say I'd say lastly, um, uh, yeah, I'd say sorry. I, I thought it paused again. Um, I'd say lastly, um, it would have to be the idea of like like uh, like you were saying, Eben, whether it's meditating or praying, just like I'm a Christian, so I pray. Um, whatever if you've got religion pray if you don't meditation is always a good thing but just like doing things that remind you that you know you're not alone mm. and like you said before about this support network whether it's your friends your family um your church whatever it may be go to your support systems when mm. when you're going through tough times um because like like my dad always says uh, whether i'm going through a tough time or whether i've got something on my mind he always says that you know he's not a mind reader he can't know if like if i'm upset or if i'm angry or whatever yeah. unless i tell him oh, exactly and you know unless we talk to people about like what we're going through mm-hmm. it just helps to ease the burden of what we're going through because you mm-hmm. know they'll be able to they might offer insight even if they don't and they just listen to you sometimes that's all we need we just mm-hmm. need to like let let it all out just say you know this is how my day feels this is what really annoyed me da, 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 da. and all the person just needs to be is like yeah I, I'd like just nodding the head sometimes they don't even need to say a word um, yeah definitely yeah. and I think as well um 
we can kind of, when you're into science, you can kind of struggle with logic and things should be a certain way and you should be this ordered person, but that does not help. You need to be almost childlike Mm. if you're struggling with something. And another thing that's really helped me along the way is mentorship, leadership, having somebody that I'm accountable to. So I'm not just kind of doing my own thing. Family is so important as well. And it's not even just your blood relatives, your support network, you know, is that I call them my family as well. Um, so mentorship, leadership, having somebody that you can say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And they can be like, no, don't think like that. Do this. You know, if they've done it before, it kind of makes it easier for you. But you have to be able to trust them and open up, like you said. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, the next question is, how do you assert yourself as a minority? Oof. So, so should I tell you a bit about why I asked this question? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think sometimes, like, you know, you know, the BAME um, would suggest you're a minority. And when you want to assert yourself, it can come off a certain way. Um, so how do you remain bold um, and true to your beliefs and values, um, regardless of, of what colour you are or religion or, or background, if that helps? Yeah, that, that helps. Um, I would say, uh, so yeah, first off, you're definitely right. Um, I feel like sometimes, you know, there's a stereotype of the angry black girl or, you know, the angry black man uh, mm-hmm. when we're just actually just being um, assertive of ourselves. Um, I would say the the main thing um, that we can do uh, is just, you know, know, I guess, first off, just like I said, don't listen to the stereotypes. You know, if something is something wrong or you know someone is treating you wrong, then you can mm-hmm. raise it as an issue uh, first thing first. Um, but I'd say secondly, it's just about um, like the tone. So I know I'm not even saying like in a story about, um, you know, like uh, having to assert myself as a minority, but even as a like when it comes to, you know, dealing with difficult people, because in all workplaces, you're going to have to deal with difficult people. Um, the easy, what I've always seen and what, you know, like you said, mentors and people uh, older than me have always, have always shown and told me is that, you know, when you're dealing with someone who's, I guess, treating you wrong, they're always looking to rile you up, you know, they're always trying to, to, to get on your nerves. They, they want you, they want to see you like, you know, get angry, make it, make a scene, shout at them, things like that, because then they can be like, Oh yeah, you know, this person, Oh gosh, they're, they're unbelievable. They're, they're, you know, they never listen or they're always shouting and things like that. And I think as minorities, that happens to us personally, I would say, yeah. you know, they've got no scientific data to back me, but I would <laughs> say personally that happens more to minor, uh, well, to, to people of color, than our counterparts. And I feel like, uh, you know, the, the clearest thing you can do is just always, I would say, and, and I know it's hard, even, even myself, I find it hard sometimes, but just keep your cool. Just, yeah. if you know you're in the right, this person's in the wrong. You just keep your cool and you just, you know, you, you continue with what you're doing because when you're, and I know obviously some workplaces, there are great support systems. Uh, like I was saying, when I was on my placement, I, I had a great support system and my manager was very supportive and, you know, knew she knew me. So if, you know, there were times when other people were just like, Oh my gosh, you know, Jeffrey uh, isn't, uh, you know, doing what he's supposed to be doing or Jeffrey isn't listening or Jeffrey, you know, he's supposed to be working on this and it's taking him forever to work on this. 
my manager would always be like, well, actually, you know, you're saying that it's taken him forever, but actually that's because he's like doing all of this stuff, which you've asked him to do. This is not in his job description. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think having those support networks in, in, in the, in the workplace definitely helps. Even if they're not necessarily a person of color, it's always good um, to have, you know, people that support you and know, you know, you as a, as an individual. So if they know that you're hardworking, you know, if, if people know that you're not, you know, the person to to shout or be aggressive, you know, they'll know that if someone did, you know, if like, even if the other person has been at the organization for like years, if it comes out that, you know, you, you were shouting or, you know, you were seen annoyed or frustrated or you, know, you had an outburst, people will be like, well, no, so clearly like something's up, you know, there's something that happened in this situation that's not right because I know this person, I've been working with them and that's, that's not always been the case. So I would say just always keep your cool. You know, these people want to rile you up. They want you to make a scene. They want you to fit into the stereotype. Just don't give them the satisfaction. And what I've always seen, uh, I'm not saying that, you know, like being kind and like, you know, you should, you know, if you want to be kind to someone who treats you wrong, then, you know, it's always great because, you know, it, it upsets them. But you're kind of fine that like with people like that, that go out of their way to like aggravate you or annoy you or, you know, upset you that in, in, in all honesty, once you've, you know, you, you don't give into it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the ones that will, will make a scene and look, make themselves look stupid. Um, and especially when it comes to, you know, things about race, if you're the one that the person's, I don't know, let's say the person's saying, Oh, I don't think racism exists within my, or within our organization. If you come across and you're shouting and you're screaming, the person's ne- never going to listen. But if you, as a as a person of color, just you know, you just you try and explain it as, as calmly as you can. If the person's not getting it, you just leave it. And even if the person you know keeps bringing it up, keeps making comments in meetings, if you don't respond to it, or if you clearly say, actually, you know what, I don't really find this, um, I don't find this funny. If you could really stop, um, you know. I've always seen that 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 it makes the other person look like a fool and you, mm. you don't. So I'll say those are my tips. Um, but yeah, just always, always know that, especially if you're in a place of, and I think that's the key thing as, as uh, people of color that we sometimes do f- worry about that, you know, if we, if we know something's wrong and we call it out that we'll, you know, we'll be seen as, I don't know, the snitch or, you know, the person that's trying to cause a scene when there's nothing to cause a scene about. Mm. But no, if you're in the right, and you know that what the person is doing is wrong. Do not let anyone or anything or any like person tell you that that's that's not the case. And whether you know you have to take extreme, like you have to take severe action and take them to uh, HR or whatever it may be, um, you know, as long as you just make it clear that this is what's happening, that's 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 my uh, that's the best advice I can give. And you'll see that it'll work out for you. Awesome. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, and Anushka, what about you? Yeah, no, I mean, to, to follow on from your point of uh, people who try to get under your skin, I feel like the best way to deal with that is one, like you said, just keep your cool, ignore them. But also, if you're just nice to them, <laughs> that will irritate them so much. I don't know why, but it just will. And I mean, as you said, they'll come off as the one who looks stupid, as opposed to you. But um, no, in answer to your question, Evan, uh, ap- apart from everything that Jeffrey said, because I was going to say a talk about, you know, just keeping your cool and ignoring whatever's like if you know that they're wrong just ignore it because you know that you are the one in the right I was going to say you just have to be really understanding of the fact that people don't understand like people who are not from the BAME group like I know like you know people of color 
they just don't understand. And, you know, you, you can try educating people. That's always one option. But sometimes people just don't, they don't care and they don't want to care. So, you know, there's only so much you can do, isn't it? Definitely. And I think there's a quote, um, it's actually from the Bible. And to summarize it, it says, be as wise as serpents, but as innocent as doves. So you can't be a fool or you can't just, you know, let people walk all over you, but not in a way that, you know, you're going to come off as rude or offensive, but just know your facts, know your rights, know what you stand for and what you, you won't accept um, but do it in a way that doesn't offend. Do it in a way that, um, you know, you, you're still treating people in, in a good way. So I think it's definitely important to be smart. Know the rules, know policies if you can. Um, but yeah, again, you know, be nice to everybody is, is important as well. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, linking to what Nanushka was saying, um, you know, one of the one of my favorite one of my favorite films is uh, the Dark Knight, and uh, Alfred uh, in the Dark Knight says this clear quote about and links to what Nanushka is saying about some people just don't understand or some people just want to you know cause chaos. He literally says in the film, some people just want to see the world burn. And I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that people want to see workplaces burn, but some people just want to walk like whatever workplace they're in, they yeah. just want they just want chaos. Because they, they know that when chaos is raining, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> so I feel like, um, like what we said here, just be, being kind, you know, not being, don't, not being the person that they think you are, whether that's through stereotypes mm. um, or anything, just not being that person shows that, hey, you know, whatever they say about you, people will be like, actually, you know what, you know, you're saying that um, this person is, is very loud or is very rude, but actually... That's not the case. Um, if you look, uh, you know, you'll see that actually I've, I've worked with them and they're really good. Um, and I think, I know it, it sort of links to what we were talking about for the first question. Um, but I think one of the things that sort of links in with this is the is the support networks. Uh, and I'm, I know we'll go into it with our MC of the month. Um, but before we go into that, it's, it's, I know when I was doing my summer placement, that, that was one of the things that I think really I found impactful. Um, so not necessarily, he wasn't in my team, uh, but there was someone in another team that I worked. So we were splitting to like two halves. So one was in London, one was outside. Uh, mm-hmm. And he worked in the outside London team, but he was, he was Nigerian. Um, and he based like, I think he really liked, uh, so he had a placement student in his team and uh, obviously I had mine. Um, but I think I really liked working or, you know, being around him because he was making, st- I guess he was trying to like encourage us throughout the placement to like make the most of it. Um, so I know the person that I was working with, uh, who was the placement student in, his, in the other team, he was always trying to tell him like, hey, look, like it's three months, whether or not you want to work with the organization, like once this is over, he said like, it doesn't matter. Like you've only got three months, make the most of it. So he was saying like, why don't you like go to other teams for a day and work with them? Why don't you, you know, ask if you can like work on a certain project if you're really interested in it? And I think that's what's also needed within, in, well, I mean, I know there are like support networks as a whole um, and usually in a, like a big organization, there is like a, a BAME network or, or uh, you know, people of color network or things like that as well, women's network, et cetera. Um, but yeah, just even like on, I think on, on like an individual level that like, in a small team level, that's always good to have because it's always nice to have that person who knows like, oh, you know, I'm trying to think for example, like they know like, for example, not how, like how big 
Independence Day, whether that's Nigerian Independence Day or, you know, any Independence Day that that's that is your Independence Day, they know how important that is to you as a culture. Now, mm. I know as a Nigerian, like my parents love celebrating in, uh, Independence Day. So I know that if I was working, I'm probably going to take that day off because it's mm-hmm. going to be uh, or the next day off because that's going to be a big celebration. And there's that mm-hmm. understanding. Um, but if, for example, they're not Nigerian, they'll only go from their own understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just a case of that. Um, and I think, like you said, just having having those support networks definitely, definitely do help. Um, yeah. And that nicely, as always, uh, leads us on to our MC of the month section. Um, so our MC uh, for our final episode, uh, and I, like I said, this is our, I can't believe we've come to the end, um, is uh, is an organisation uh, called the House, uh, not Housing, sorry, Nursing and Midwifery uh, <laughs> Council. As you can see, uh, getting tongue tied again, but I promise you. Uh, Nursing and Midwifery Council uh, is their name, uh, and I, I really like what, what their website. If I'm being honest, um, because it's, you know they clearly state the things that they're doing. So they said their vision is safe, effective, and kind nursing and midwifery that improves everyone's health and well-being. I think that that perfectly shows what they want to do as an organisation. They said their core role is to regulate. Uh, so they promote high education and professional standards for nurses and midwives across the UK uh, and, no, and nursing associ- associates in England. Um, but they also maintain uh, the register of professionals eligible to practice uh, and investigate any concerns that are raised about whether it's nurses or midwives or nursing associates, anything like that, um, even if it f- affects uh, less than 1% of, uh, of the professionals each year. Um, and I, I really like that they've clearly said to regulate, you know, to ensure that, you know, regulation is met and they can do their core role. They've clearly stated that um, they need to support professionals and the public. Uh, so they've, uh, and you can go to their website, they've created uh, resources and guidance uh, that helps people throughout their careers and helps them to, you know, bring their own standard uh helping, sorry, to deliver, sorry, the, the nursing and midwifery council's uh, standard uh of, of, I guess, you know, like ensuring a safe and effective and kind nursing um, into the, into practice, address any new challenges that are raised. Um, they also support individuals with the, you know, the independent investigations of, of whether, you know, there are, there are cases of, I guess, injustice within um, the, mid, uh, the midwifery or nursing uh, sector. And they uh, increase their visibility to ensure that people feel engaged and empowered in their work. Uh, and this allows them to ultimately you know influence health and social care uh, mm-hmm. and i think that's a that's a perfect mc uh for to not only end this season but uh for this episode um so yeah please do if you if you are interested in the nursing field uh, or the midwifery field um please do check out their website they have loads of resources and reports um they've got about who they regulate and their standards um if you're looking into more of the you know their role in education so if you're looking to become a nurse, a midwife, or a nursing associate. They talk about a program, like programs that are run with them or that they know of. They talk about standards for education, what their role is in education, um, and their contacts at any education institute. So if you're looking to, you know, apply to those places, um, please do check out their, their website. If you just uh, type in Nursing and Midwifery Council, uh, it'll take you, take you straight there. But... Uh, mm-hmm. 
we've now uh, officially come to the end of, uh, of not only this episode but season two uh, first off we'd like to say a huge thank you uh, to Eben for, for coming on to the, the podcast today we really enjoyed uh, learning more about not only you but the, all the work that you do uh, whether that's through House of Medics uh, through your, your your role in you know writing uh, these, these these parts for the um, WOTC uh, and it's, it's, it's amazing to, to, to learn more about you and uh, as a whole the support within the healthcare industry so thank you very much for that um and yeah we we, we love uh we we love to to hear it now uh, i guess before we, we we let you go uh we've been asking all our guests this because uh we know that we know all our all our listeners uh, would love to know more about yourself uh, maybe also house of medics so uh, where could they go to get um some more information whether it's about yourself or house of medics um so on instagram to get to know me i'm at ebon l so it's e-b-u-n then e double l e and house of medics is we are house of medics um so if you just search that you get links to everything else that we do um so i think that would be the best place to to get to know us oh that is perfect and uh yeah please do check out check it out uh and uh, they're, they're, it's perfectly okay for them to send you any questions uh over yeah Instagram. of course definitely oh. Wonderful, wonderful. So if you've got any questions, uh, Eben is the person to go to. And uh, yeah, thank you uh, all our listeners uh, for coming coming along with us for this journey for season two. Uh, we promise this is not the end, so keep an eye out. We will be posting very shortly about what's happening with season three. Uh, we will have, of course, new segments, new things to do, uh, but make sure you catch up with season two. Uh, if you like this uh, episode, please do consider liking and subscribing and make sure you click the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And uh, if you're really really loving the content that we're doing uh, subscribing to our patreon page it's always appreciated but thank you everyone uh for, for joining us today thank you evan again for all the thank amazing for answers <laughs> oh, no. oh thank you uh and yeah we will see you all soon everyone so we hope you have a great day and uh yeah keep an eye out for the next season pick up the mic